Welcome to the Mastering College Podcast, a guide to landing your dream job. I'm your host, Daniel Botero, and my goal is to help you take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. Today, I have a great guest here for you today. His name is Julian Placino, and he is the Senior Recruiting Lead at Bottle, Rock, Bottle Rocket, and he's also the creator of the Pathway to Success podcast. This is a podcast that I've actually been listening to for a couple months now, so I will highly encourage you to listen to it if you're a college student because whether, um, and this is my perspective on the podcast, Julian, Everybody has a different definition of success, and so it's about finding your way to success. So without further ado, I'm going to let Julian introduce himself and share a little bit about himself to the audience. Julian, how are you today? I'm good, Daniel. Thanks for having me on, man. How are you? Hey, I'm doing excellent. Excited, excited to have you on the podcast. Um, and for the audience that might not have heard you, you're in Dallas. Most of my audience are in Florida. Share a little bit about yourself, what you do, your podcast. Yeah, sure. So my name is Julian Placino. I'm a recruiter, a podcaster, and training and development company entrepreneur. So my professional background has been in recruiting and staffing over the past 11 years. I have a mixed background of agency staffing as well as corporate recruiting. Today, for my day job, I oversee talent acquisition for Bottle Rocket. We are one of the premier mobile app developers in the world. Two and a half years ago, I started a passion project called the Pathways to Success, where I interview various leaders about their journeys to success. And fast forward to present day, I produced 127 episodes. I have a listening audience from 12 countries, and I've had the great privilege of interviewing company founders, CEOs, New York Times bestselling authors, TEDx speakers, celebrity athletes, and just a litany of amazing people. And it, it, it drew me to you, man, that we're both content creators and that's how we got connected. Yeah, no, we got connected to a mutual person that we know. And, and once he's like, you have to get connected with Julian, but I'm glad that we we're, we are able to do this podcast. I know that the audience is going to really enjoy this. But before we go into the main topic of today, which is um, 30 days to hire, I want to talk a little bit about your experience and your and a little bit about your experience in the in the recruiting field. So how did you start in recruiting? How did you end in that industry? <clears throat> yeah, so honestly, I actually had this odyssey when I graduated from college back in 2005, and I was super overconfident in my ability to go get a job once I got my degree. But honestly, I had no clue what I was doing. I just wanted to get a degree and work in quote unquote corporate America, whatever that meant, right? So in a span of eight months, I got rejected 37 times in a row. I went from this, this Superman kid who had this great successful retail career to really just losing myself in the marketplace. But something was happening during that process, which I didn't see at the time. I was learning how to shake hands. I was learning how to make eye contact. I was learning how to conduct a job search. So the one company that decided to make me an offer was a company called Robert Half International, which is one of the oldest and largest staffing firms in the world. So there I went from really struggling to find a job to now building a career out of helping other people find jobs. And that's what I've done for the past 11 years. And I've had the great fortune of now helping hundreds of job seekers all around the country. I love it. And so I want to ask you a little bit, um, 
a lot of people that end up in the recruiting industry right out of college, it wasn't something that they originally thought of when they were looking for a job, right? And so very similar to you, now that I, uh, I work with a lot of students, I see a lot of students end up in recruiting, mm-hmm. but it wasn't their original plan. Uh, what advice do you have for students that are looking to find their way and why they should consider the recruiting industry from the beginning? Well, I, I think I'm a really big believer in, as er, in self-awareness, right? As early on as you can, start to gain some clarity as far as what you're good at, what you're bad at, what you like to do, and what you don't like to do. Because once you have kind of a baseline of understanding of who you are, you can then pursue the kinds of endeavors that are best tailored to your shape. You know what I'm saying? So usually whenever I speak to college students, I try to get them before they graduate. Because something that you probably see as well The entry-level market is like the most brutal market that exists, right? They don't have a lot of experience. They don't have a whole lot of experience interviewing. There's not a lot of points of differentiation, right? But the ones that I typically hire right out of college typically have, you know, part-time jobs or internships, some type of career experience that they can show for. And those are one of the biggest distinctions, differentiators that I see in the entry-level market. I love it. So one of the things I teach the students a lot is about, you know, it's, it's a step, three-step program, assess, acquire, and apply, right? Mm-hmm. And the first step is all self-assessment, right? And then I tell them, if, if you know yourself, you understand what you want to do, finding your dream job is an open book test, right? Mm-hmm. And so I want to get your perspective on, as you as leading a talent acquisition team, what is it that you look for when you're hiring students right out of college? So one of the cardinal rules of hiring that I've adopted is what are the needs of the business and what are the results that the candidate has created that are relevant to the needs of the business, right? So do you know who Glenn Cathy is? I I don't think I do. Glenn Cathy is the Boolean black belt. He is truly one of the thought leaders of our industry, right? Something that he taught me when I was working at K-Force is something I've never forgotten. He talks about these variables that need to be in alignment in order for you to find the right match. And it forms the acronym MSLOMAC. And that stands for motivation, skills, location, opportunity, money, availability, and culture. What that allows you to do is have a systematic screening and interviewing process. Because if you have all of those variables that are in alignment in the needs of your business, then you have the right match. Wow. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, <clears throat> so you, uh, were you on the recruiting side or sales side in the staffing? I did both. You did both, right? Okay, so you've had the experience of finding a candidate then presenting to a salesperson. Yes. Right? So a lot of times when new recruiters are presenting candidates, they do it kind of by gut feel, right? But here, if you use this checklist, you have it based on objectivity. Absolutely, yep. And I saw you talk about that uh, in one of your episodes, earlier episodes, when you were talking to uh, one of the managers that you had, I think it was at K-Force, and that you would, he had less quantity of candidates but all her candidates moved on to interviews. Yes, he was really big about ratios, right? It's, it's about like, like, instead of counting calls, it's making your calls count, really increasing the quality of your work. Absolutely. And so you currently, do you do campus hires in your current role? I do, I, I manage the internship program as well. So yes, I, I, I hire from the entry level market. And so what do you look, look for when you're hiring students that don't necessarily have experience, right? They're just starting up. 
Yeah. So I hire a lot of software engineers, right? So computer programmers, specifically iOS and also Android, right? So although you might not have experience, I look for the people who are really passionate. There's a book called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon, right? And what I've experienced, especially in the candidate market, is that those are the ones who really start to separate themselves. Even though you don't have, if you're a software engineer, experience writing code for a company, you can still build your own apps. That's one of the biggest things. It's one thing to say that I can write Swift code. It's another thing to say, hey, look at my apps that I published in the app store. So whatever discipline you are, try to find a way to tangibilize the results that you have created, right? Absolutely. And so that goes with understanding what is it that you want to do? Because if you don't know, how are you going to start? Yeah. <clears throat> Excellent. So, so, you know, Daniel, one of my biggest issues coming out of college that I realized is that I was trying to be everything to everyone. But as we know now, the market, it does not seek generalization, it seeks specialization. And in order to choose a specialization, you must know yourself. Absolutely. So let, let's dive into, I would love to talk a little bit about that talk that you talk about, 30 days to hire. Yeah. Maybe talk about that in a... For the college student audience, because I'm assuming that talk is, wasn't designed for a college student audience. So I actually did that uh, talk for Paul Quinn College, and they were for graduating seniors, oh, right? Yeah. So a topic that I'm really passionate about also, especially having come from that place of struggling, like really know how depressing a job search could be, I wanted to create content that I know was based on fact. And of course, now being on the side of how the professionals in the industry help candidates find jobs, I wanted to infuse that into the talk, right? So job search, like a recruiting strategy, is all about planning and execution, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> so yes, do all the things like posting your resume out there on LinkedIn and Indeed and all that kind of stuff, right? And then my recommendation is this. There's these ratios, 27, 3, and 1. For example, you come up with 20 companies, specific companies, whether or not they have openings or not, but just find genuine reasons that you appreciate them, right? Write them all down. And then you start systematically reaching out to the individuals who oversee the hiring for that position on LinkedIn right? And much like you, reach out to them, buy them a cup of coffee, ask them for an informational interview. The biggest thing that you can do as an entry-level graduate is start to build your network. There is a lot of truth in the saying that your net worth is equal to your network, right? Absolutely. Yep. It's funny. I, I tell <laughs> students when I do workshops with them, I call that the sniper approach. A lot of yeah. people have a shotgun approach of job searching. I tell them to have a sniper approach. And they're like, well, if you narrow down to a handful of companies, well, what if those companies are not hiring? I'm like, if you do enough research and you prepare yourself for that, those companies will hire you. A hundred percent, man. You know, I've experienced so many times on the corporate side, we've created positions that we didn't even know we needed because a candidate showed us their value, right? So one thing that I, I tell candidates are the, the sooner that you stop seeing yourself as a job seeker, but more of a problem solver, dude, the better off that you're going to be. You're automatically going to start thinking more creatively and more solutions-based. And that's how you need to sell yourself as a candidate. Perfect. So at the end of the day, would job searching become an open book test? What is that? What did you say? Looking for a job is an open book test. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there's really no rules, man. It's like, because people think the, the, the traditional way is go apply to a job and hope that yeah. you can go back, right? That's baseline. Apply to the job and then go find someone to talk to, right? A lot of people are very hesitant to that, but that's the thing that works. The highest value event that can take place in any kind of job search is talking to someone who makes the decision. So how do you shortcut that process? You reach out to the person who makes the decision and research that person on LinkedIn. And so you, you're talking about that, you know, the 20. And so you start reaching out to them. So what's the next step? You I, I ask them to go grab coffee. And if they're in a different city, you ask them to get on a Skype call or phone call, whatever, whatever way you can to just engage with them and start building that relationship. <laughs> I would start, yes, I would start from an appreciation standpoint. For example, if the company is not hiring, but they accept your call, I'd say something like, hey, Mr. So-and-so, I realize that you guys are not hiring for a particular position right now, but I'm so interested in your company. I just wanted to learn more about your organization and tell you more about myself in the event something comes up, right? And then you start to build a genuine relationship. So if and when there is a position, they know they're, they're going to know you firsthand because you, you did something that no one else does. Right? What's the Mark Twain quote? If you ever find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. Those are the ones that get noticed. And here's the thing. Now, overseeing talent at Bottle Rocket, right? Last year, last year, we had over 8,000 candidates apply. And in 2017, we hired 60. Half of those 60 came from internal referrals. Why? Because people like to buy from and hire people that they know, like, and trust. There is a very, there's a direct correlation to success in getting a job and having great contacts in the industry. So should the students not only reach out to the hiring uh, authority, whether it's the HR, talent acquisition director, but also hire to people who have recently been hired to the job that they want to work at? Yeah. So I'm really big into finding mentors, right? If I want to do something that I've never done before, my natural instinct has always been go find someone who's already done what I want to do and then become their friend and do whatever they say, right? Because that person represents a path because they've created a result. And then you interview that person and then say, hey, how did you get this job? And then that represents a path, right? Absolutely. It's a path yeah. to success. The pathways to success, man. That's right. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the, the scenario, right? We had a student, he reached out, he connected, you know, what's next? Is there a different way to app, apply or is it now is more of a relationship and the, the recruiter or the decision maker is now kind of guiding the conversation and come work for me? Yeah, so it really depends. Every company is kind of different, right? So if I do get a referral from one of my hiring managers, I'll still have them apply through the applicant tracking system. But because they've now made it into my field of radar of consciousness, I have them much more on a short list, right? So if they don't have an opening, I would ask something just honestly, like, so, so when do you think you might have an opening? Or what can I do to prepare myself for the next round of hiring? Really come at it from a mentee-mentor standpoint, right? Show your humility. Show that you don't know everything, and that's a great quality to have, right? But if you show that initiative of building yourself to become qualified for that role when it does come up, that shows a different kind of character. Okay, so question for you. So a lot of times, our companies that are hiring level entry roles, they're hiring for potential, right? You're hiring for the potential of the person that they're that right out of college because they might be the future leaders of the organization. They might want to groom them. But how does a student show potential? Okay. So, yes. 
I still stick to the rule. I still stick to kind of my cardinal rule. What are the results you've created and how is that relevant to the needs of our business, right? But when you are hiring for potential, there's things that you could look at. What are the things that you've done outside? What are the leadership opportunities that you've had outside of what you're trying to target as your career? Were you captain of your volleyball team? What kind of student organizations, right? What have you done at your church? What are your volunteer opportunities? Because those are the things that kind of help sort of maybe not causality, but can help sort of predict someone's character as far as what do they do outside of what are they required to do, right? Because that's still kind of like that evidence that might be relevant to us. How have you stepped up in the past? It might not be in a software engineering sense, but like I said, at your church, at volunteer opportunities, at wherever, so. No, it makes perfect sense. So Julian, is there a question that you wish I would have asked you that I have not yet asked you? Maybe that one. I don't know. You've got, you got me. <laughs> um, I don't know. Are you, trying to, are you trying to hone in on something specific? I don't know. Maybe there was something that I uh, haven't had the chance for you to talk about that you might want to share with the audience, with the student audience. I think for me, my biggest struggle, my biggest challenge, if I'm looking back at things now, first off, I have no regrets because all of my mistakes have taught me things and they've helped me become you know, the person I am today. But if I was to do it over again, if I was to coach my son into doing something in, in trying to find his career, I'd say really try to find the things that you love in life. I interviewed a, a comedian. His name is uh, Bob. Bob. Oh my gosh, I forget his last name, but a very famous comedian. But he says, whatever bites you, bite back. Whatever your interests and curiosities are, pay attention to them. One of the sad truths that I know, having been in talent acquisition for 11 years, and Daniel, you know this too, almost half of the people out there hate their jobs. And I don't wish that on anyone. So as soon as you can, get to know who you are. What do you love to do? What, what are the activities that give you energy and don't drain your energy? And start to focus in on this kind of intersection of what you're naturally good at, what you love to do, and what creates value for other people. Because that intersection there, man, there is a great career for you there, whether it's a job or a business. The last episode that I recorded was on the term ikigai, the Japanese term. Have you heard? What does that, that mean? It, it's, I don't, it just means finding something meaningful, but it's the interception of what you're good at, what, uh, what people are willing to pay for, mm -hmm. what, what you're good at, what people are willing to pay for, that there is a need in the market, and, um, and you're passionate about. So and there's so four points? There's four points. And if, so if you go yeah. on my LinkedIn right now, you, there, I've created a post and you can see it. And it's a, it's a beautiful illustration. I mean, yeah. if you find that in the middle where all those four things meet, that's the ikigai. And yeah. that is, um, you've, you've found meaning in your life. It's I'm going to check that out, man. But yeah, no, 100%. It's a very similar philosophy. And yeah. that's one of the ways that I distill truth. How many times can you see the same idea appear within a different set of context? You look for these patterns of success right? Absolutely. No, you're 100% right. And that's why it's, 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 I think it's the most important thing and it comes first is self-discovery and understanding that. A hundred percent. Julian, I know we're almost out of time, but if there's one thing that you would want the student audience to take away from this episode, right? One thing, one actionable thing that they can do that's going to help them land a job in 30 days. What, would, what do you think that would be? <clears throat> so for the person who's already graduated, they're graduating, so they're a student. So they might be graduate in less than six months. 
So, uh, so the first thing is, is the self-awareness piece, right? If you haven't taken the time to do that, you have to do the hard work of self-awareness because what I don't want them to do is end up in a career 10 years after and be like, I hate my job. Really find that intersection that we just talked about. Now, once you have that piece of clarity, treat your job search like a sales process. It's planning and execution. Come up with those 20 leads, reach out to all of them, try to get in front of the decision makers, right? And do things creatively. Yes, apply to jobs, but then take these non-conventional routes to shortcut the interview process. I love it, man. That's, that's some action. excellent, excellent advice. Julian, thank you so much, really, from the bottom of my heart for you taking time out of your busy schedule to come be a guest on my podcast drop a lot of great information for the audience. This is going to be a, a great episode. And for the students, uh, make sure you check out Pathway to Success. It is a great, great podcast. And he brings in different guests from all types, whether you know they're athletes, CEOs, and they're all sharing their way to success. And hopefully it will spark some interest and help you get more clarity on what your path to success is. So Julian, thank you so much. And well, definitely stay connected. Thank you, Daniel. I love what you're doing, man. All right, guys. If you are like the many people that's reached out to me about how to start a podcast, here is the answer. I use Anchor. In the beginning, I'll be honest with you, I had Tony, he was intern and helping me set it up, but now I just use Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, is 100% free, it's ridiculously easy to use, and now Anchor matches you with your own sponsors. So if you're looking to start a podcast, go to anchor.fm start to join me. If you've listened thus far to this episode of the podcast, you absolutely rock. But now I need your help. Please make sure you subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you so much and talk to you soon.